Blake. It's always good to be back talking with you. I feel oh, like I yeah. start out every episode the exact same way. So yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll come up with a new yeah. intro. Got our <laughs> intro. Um, but uh, uh, exciting time. Um, mm-hmm. I think we mentioned on some previous episodes that um, my brother has been, uh, he's, he has a uh, working studio in Birmingham uh, where we live and it's kind of a multimedia space, does a lot of screen printing, um, videography, photography, uh, live events, um, they, the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. And the building that they have, which I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong, is maybe like 2,400 square feet, uh, whatever the space we're is. Zach's actually yeah. in the next room working right now while we're recording this episode. Um, they've just outgrown it. And so uh, they started searching around and um, told me that they've really been looking started looking about a year ago, just mm-hmm. kind of looking around, keeping their eyes open for any new properties that might fit the bill as far as what they need in a facility. Um, you know, kind of an independent standalone building because they do a lot of like music related things. And obviously you don't want to be in like a shopping center where you're, you know, taking off your neighbors and yeah. stuff. And so uh, that's where you come in. At, <laughs> at some point it finally clicked in my head. And I'm like, well, have we even thought about reaching out to Blake? Man, let's <laughs> talk to him and see what he thinks. And so uh, I know you and Zach have, have met a couple of times and, and maybe even gone and looked at a few places. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And I'd like to kind of, not having been there, um, I know uh, it'd be great to get Zach on, my brother, to kind of mm-hmm. talk about the business and what all they do. I'm paraphrasing because they have a lot going on. Um, but moral of the story, they, they need uh, a new space. And you're kind of encouraging us to go in the direction of maybe buying versus just leasing another building. Um, so, yeah, tell me about that. And yeah. What all's, what all have y'all been up to? I guess. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it really just happened this week. So I think it'll be fun to follow this journey as we go through uh, the progress of that. But really it's broken down to what, what are the goals, right? So we need more space. Um, and then what for? So we've got a music venue. We've got a print shop. Um recording studio and some of those things can't happen at the same time and so looking at a space that could fit that bill um, from a uh, layout and size standpoint and then also location and price right so um, can we find something that fits that on market so far the answer has been no Um, and so that's where I think we kind of come in and say okay uh, where, how can we find some stuff off market, which a lot is, is a lot of how the commercial space works. So, um, yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, um, so, so as it's probably why, um, we didn't really talk about this before because my day to day as a realtor is in the residential, residential world. Side, yeah. Um, I, the commercial world's a very, very different world. Like it's got its own, um, designations, its own brokerages. It's, it's, um, apples and oranges almost, if you will. Um, but I've got, and I, I don't, um, I don't spend every single day in it like a lot of commercial brokers do. And so there's some value that they could add that I can't. Um, but I understand how to talk the language. I understand how the industry works in the commercial side because I've bought and I own some commercial property. And, and I do probably two to three commercial deals a year, right? So, again, not in it every Far more than day. we do. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so if, if we can't find anything on market, then how can we find something off market? One, it's it's calling all the commercial brokers I do know and saying, hey, what what do you know? Who, who do you, what clients do you have that own property that fit this bill? Because that's a lot of what it is. Is in the commercial world, the emotions are pretty much gone, and it's more about the numbers. Mm-hmm. And so, from as an investor, I put it, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. Yeah. So as an investor, 
everything I own is for sale for the right price, right? Mm -hmm. And so if I go to these commercial brokers and say, hey, I'm looking for this many square footage, this part of town, this kind of layout, this type of building, what do you have? He goes, oh, I've got two or three clients with properties like that in the area you're looking for. Let me call them. And then it's, hey, would you consider an offer? Yes? Okay. That's all I need to know. And he comes back to me. Yeah, they'd, they'd be interested in selling. Bring me something. And then it's on us to do some homework to say, here's what we think the value is based off the information you've given us. Mm. And that's how a lot of those deals are worked out. Um, especially, just kind of a side note, but multifamily and commercial world, if there's a tenant in that building already, they don't want, the owner doesn't want to advertise that it's for sale because that could mess up the tenant in some form or fashion, okay. right? Okay. Yeah. And so a lot of times it's, it's quote-unquote advertised but not advertised, just kind of word of mouth and inside the brokerage inside world. The, inside that world, yep. yeah. Um, so that, that's one thing that we're doing. And then another thing is finding stuff that either is unrepresented or doesn't, is not for sale, just knocking on some doors, right, and making phone calls or finding some land that says, hey, this land is the size and location we want. Could we build it? Mm-hmm. And that's something that, that we've talked about as well. So a lot of different opportunities um, and, and opened up his mind from, you know, we, here's our budget. We're just going to lease a space. We've got X amount of dollars per month to rent it to saying, well, what if you had that same amount of money working for you towards a mortgage? A, a mortgage, yeah. Because, and, again, long term, we've talked about 20 years from now, pay it off. Not only do you have a successful business that you're running or that you've sold, but you also have this building that could be worth, you know, seven figures. Sure. Um, well, that's something, you know, uh, that we've been discussing uh, with you and you've been encouraging us to kind of pursue some kind of investment. That's something I want to do. And I just didn't really have a direction, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, do I want to be a, a landlord over a multifamily, uh, uh, apartment complex or do mm-hmm. I want to get into the, you know, maybe flipping some houses or, or, or what do I want to do in what direction? Mm-hmm. And that's a question I've never really been able to answer. Yeah. Um, but I know I want to invest in something. And so Zach, in his talks with you, he's, he's called me a couple of times and be like, yeah, Blake's pushing me to, you know, I think purchasing is the right idea. Would you want to go in on me, go in with me on a deal? Yeah. Um, uh, whether or not his business partner, who's also a part of this, uh, this endeavor, uh, joins us or not, I know me and Zach are all in. We want yeah. to do something. And this may be a cool avenue to pursue. It's like, well, let's get into the commercial real estate. Like you said, buy a building grow your business, um, you know, probably one day I'll be working for my brother, so I can see myself <laughs> being kind of part of that. Uh, uh, like I said, business for him is just ramped up, so I'm usually spending, you know, at least one day a week over here helping him anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, maybe down the road once we can expand, you know, that may be a new career path for me. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's exciting, <laughs> you know. You mentioned knocking on the doors. Uh, Zach kind of called. Blake said, if I see a property I like, just go in the front door and – ask if it's for sale and, and who do I need to talk to? And, you know, not being in this world or knowing the language or the lingo or how things work, we just thought that was comical. Yeah. You know, it's just like, what? And then also kind of learning what can we do? You mm-hmm. know, where is that limit? Um, maybe we can really pull this off or, or maybe we need to be a little more grounded in, in mm-hmm. what our expectations are and stuff. And so uh, it's kind of cool to finally have a direction um, kind of move forward in and a good a purpose you know having yeah. a, a working business that we're trying to relocate to a bigger space versus mm-hmm. just like all right i'm going to go buy a warehouse building in a good location but what am i going to do with it right you know now what yeah um well so. and so um we've talked about how to get started in real estate but the first place to start is 
what's the plan, the goal, you know? Yeah, yeah, figure out what you want, um, but with the bank, right? So you got to know what you can afford. Mm-hmm. And so that's the homework that you have, you and your brother have, is going to a bank and uh, gave him um, a good banker contact to call, but just say, you know, based off this business, what type of loan could we be approved for? Mm-hmm. And um, not letting, letting that be kind of a guideline, but not a bottleneck in the sense of if the business can support more from a cash flow standpoint, more than you're approved for, you can go to the private sector. So like, um, let's say I'm uh, a hard money lender that invests in, in companies, right? Y'all are approved. You need, you need a million bucks. You're approved for 600,000 and the business from a valuation standpoint and all the money that it produces justifies a million and a half, right? Then as an investor, I may come in, see opportunity and say, hey, you need to cover a gap of $400,000 structured the correct way. I'm interested in being that gap funding for you, mm. right? And, and so it all comes down to really the valuation of the business, how stable it is, the cash flow um, and the potential profit of, of what it can do going forward that will ease, again, take the risk off of that lender or the bank. Yeah. So the bank doesn't want risk. So they're going to Well, I don't want risk either. Right? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but taking risk gives you potential reward. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, um, yeah, that's just something that, that we'll go through as we look at property and talk about numbers on how to value that of saying, all right, what's worst case? Let's say you've got a super down six months of all the things that y'all do here. Are you still going to be able to cover the mortgage note? Are you still going to be able to do X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. And so, and then if the answer is no, you can say, well, what's your risk tolerance for that no? Right. So it's just going through that exercise. It's the same thing we do as, as an investor. If I go buy a rental house, what's my risk tolerance to still be able to pay that monthly mortgage if it's vacant for four months? Yeah. And that's where diversification with either different businesses or multiple properties helps dilute that. And so like right now, you know, we've got 40-something units. We've got maybe five or six that are offline at any given time or vacant at any given time, and we're, quote-unquote, losing money on, but the portfolio as a whole is still positive. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's that concept is, you know, if, if the recording studio is not bringing in any money because that business dropped, can the screen printing business float that and cover that gap? Or can the, if, if that's down, you know, and so I like the diversification that y'all are running in this space because it gives you that, that same concept of different pillars of income, which mm. helps diversify your, your risk. Um, if for anyone listening, it's familiar with, uh, we're kind of in the Avondale neighborhood of, uh, downtown Birmingham here in Alabama. Um, uh, I know property value in this particular area has, has really grown over the past decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of investment in this area, um, especially in kind of the hub downtown next to like Avondale Brewery and all that mm-hmm. stuff, which we're right up the street from. That that was one of my biggest, um, you know, when they first started talking about, hey, we were kind of outgrowing the space. Um, we want to buy the building from the owner, but the owner's like, no, I'm sitting on a golden egg. I'm not, I'm golden goose. I'm not selling the building so that's kind of out the window uh and then they started coming to the realization that like we've just simply outgrown space we've got to move you know Mm -hmm. if we want the business to grow then we've got to get into a bigger place uh i was just like man that's just such a bummer you know you guys are in such a good location and especially for me because i just live right down the street it's easy for me to pop pop over over. um 
But, yeah, just values in this area, and I think Zach said that you guys looked at a place uh, that's also um, kind of in Avondale, more Crestwood, I guess, is mm-hmm. right on that line. Um, but it was a pretty dilapidated building. Um, yeah. But I was still surprised at the price they're asking yeah. for that place. And I'm like, whoa, man, that is just wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's just kind of the what you what I expect to hear, at least, at least in this area, you know, mm-hmm. for what buildings might be. And so trying to broaden our horizons, like, okay, let's look at some other places too in case, you know, maybe Irondale would be a better fit mm-hmm. or maybe we could get more bang for our buck there. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to it, – it's very intimidating, um, you know, you, especially with us just kind of find some of the websites and stuff that we found. Um, uh, they're escaping me now, but just like – Kind of like the Trulia of the commercial world. Mm. Um, there's a Loop few net. sites out there. Yeah. And uh, Crexy yeah, is Crexy's one. In, yeah. um, but, man, it was a little discouraging, you know, just looking around. Yeah. And, and I think uh, another building that we were kind of interested in, um, maybe explain this to me a little bit. You said it was uh, – or Zach texted me and said, no, this building's probably a no-go because it's under litigation yeah. right now. And I'm like, well, <laughs> what the heck does that mean? And is that yeah. a common thing? Um it's hard to say if it's common or not, probably not, but I mean, there's a lawsuit over it in some form or fashion, some form whether or it, fashion, it could be like a divorce situation and the owner is tied up in that, or it could be a business owner suing another business owner for whatever reason. I mean, there's tons of reason it could be under litigation, but the fact that it is under litigation means it can't sell. Yet. Can't sell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so what, you know, what we talked about was kind of backing into an area based off of budget. Mm-hmm. And that budget, one, is a direction from the bank, but it's also a direction of what can the business support uh, conservatively. And then that'll give us, okay, a, a realistic view of where we need to be looking. Mm-hmm. Um, because if the budget is half of what Avondale sells for, it's not really realistic to continue to look around here because right. it's probably just spinning our wheels. But if it does reflect that, then it's, okay, let's hit the ground, knock on some doors, and, and really do what we need to do to find that property and get into it. Yeah. So, well, it's an exciting time, and uh, it is. I'm it trying is. to be positive and stuff. And um, well, it's tough when you go on. Um, it, it, this is a little different commercial to residential, to where, um, like I said, there's a lot of off-market deals that happen in the commercial world. Um, I I heard once someone say LoopNet is where listings go to die. It's because oh, really? It, because if it if it makes it all the way to LoopNet. That means there's all, something a lot of red flags. Yeah, maybe all the all the off market people passed on it. All the you know the brokerages sending it out to their A list buyers and investors first before it gets listed. They've all passed on it, and so then it finally goes up on LoopNet. So if it gets there, then it's probably not a great deal. But on the flip side of that, things are you know it's still a crazy seller's market right now. So if something's been up for a year, two years on LoopNet maybe that seller's kind of worn down where mm-hmm. the first year he said, no, I'm not taking less than X. Well, after a hundred offers at Y, you come in and maybe offer Z and now he's more flexible because he's just set on it for so long. Right. Um, and that's when, you know, like I said, it's there, there's zero emotion. It's all about the numbers, but there is some emotion that plays into it when it's not a, a corporation or an entity owned. It's, it's a quote unquote mom and pop owned. There's some emotion that plays into the value of that property based off that owner's time. Yeah. And if they were interested in selling two years ago and they've spent two, 24 months uh, of time 
continuing to update or maintain the property or deal with tenants, you know, the value of that property could be diminished. And so we've kind of got two ends of the spectrum of let's go, off, go after stuff that's off market or let's go start calling on things that have been on market for a long time and see if they're worn down yet and see if they're willing to take a lesser price. Yeah. Um, so homework for us, uh, uh, and I speak myself, this is really my, <laughs> my brother and his business partner, but uh, me and my brother are like this. So I'm pretty much, I'm, I'm roping myself you're the, into you're this. the spokesman. Yeah, I'm the <laughs> spokesman. Um, but I want to go in with them and invest and, and do my part to help them succeed. You know, cause yeah. like I said, um, I could see myself being a part of this just as much as Zach is, which would be the dream. Be awesome. Yeah. You know, this is a fun place to work. Yeah. Uh, it beats my regular nine to five. So, <laughs> um, and then not only that, but you know, like you said, you know, investing in our first property. Um, mm -hmm. and even if the business moves on to bigger and better things, still having that prop property in our portfolio yeah. that we could then lease out or, or do anything else with. So it's, I'm excited. Um, so it sounds like we need to kind of get a better understanding of where our budget truly is mm -hmm. so that we can decide um, where to look and not waste our time looking in areas that aren't going to be very beneficial. Um, anything else that we could be doing? Uh, so starting with the budget is, is number one, but also one thing we talked about was if we found space, because uh, he mentioned we, he had looked at before y'all engaged me, uh, a space 10,000 plus square feet, which is more than he indicated he yeah. needs. Um, or if there's a space that we develop, building out to where you can sublet or lease additional space to just another business and subsidize some of that income. Um, if, if he needs 8,000 square feet and we find a place that's 12,000 and, and 4,000 it to TurboTax or whoever, right, then that can offset your basically debt to income. Yeah. And so... Um, that may may uh, be another play we look at as we go into this. Just creative ways to yeah. maybe make a space work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, what that does is diversify your risk because if this mm. business is down, well, you're still floated by someone else's business coming in. Sure. So. Sounds awesome. Sounds great. Yeah. Uh, I in just theory, hope we can great. make the deal work. And, yeah. And I know these things don't usually happen quickly. Um, so, yeah, excited going forward and kind of finally beginning our journey. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it'd be really awesome. Hopefully next episode or, or soon we can get uh, my brother on. I don't think he's been on this podcast yet. Yeah, it'd be uh, fun to have him on. To, to kind of talk about, for anyone out there listening, kind of what he does and, mm -hmm. and um, really interesting. You know, you bring guests in here all the time. This has kind of been our main place for recording. Yeah. And the, and the most common question we get is like, what do you guys do here? And it's like, well, how much time do you have? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so uh, they're definitely diversified and it's, it's been really cool to see them grow over the past three years, but excited for the future so awesome awesome man well great catching up until next time man. see you next Take time